This PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Thanks to Dana-Farber's foundational work, protein degradation can target and destroy cancer-causing proteins right inside the cell. It's how Dana-Farber is working to treat previously untreatable cancers. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. There are troubles in the skies. Major airlines are sending out warnings about huge losses, and they are making pleas for help in a big way. Tens of thousands of flights are canceled for the fall. Plus, change fees are now eliminated to attract travelers. Paul Salmon has a story for our series, Making Sense. Call them mask wars being waged on tarmacs everywhere. In my last flight, there was actually a gentleman that refused to wear a mask, and so they had to bring in airport security, and the person from airport security said, like, hey, we already had this conversation at the gate, so the airport security took him off the plane. As they escorted this woman off to a sitting ovation. No wonder so many passengers now have a fear of flying. Even Nick Ewan, an airlines journalist. I have personally not taken a flight uh, since March 1st, and that is pretty unheard of. And if you do want to fly like NYU professor Paul Glimsher, it's really hard to imagine jumping on a plane and flying out to NYU Shanghai because the Chinese government wouldn't let me go. Uh, the U.S. government wouldn't let me come back. <laughs> There'd be two weeks of quarantine at either end. Um, I mean, it seems impossible. And thus the facts on the ground. Passenger volume down some 70% from last year, about 2,000 planes in dry dock, because airlines need them to run at least 80% full to make money. Former Spirit Airlines CEO Ben Baldanza. If they're not going to be able to fill that much, they're going to have to get a higher price. When the prices go up, many fewer people choose to travel. And so if airlines are going to have to rely on a higher price point because the plane's on as full, there are going to be many fewer planes in the air because they're not going to be able to support as big uh, a fleet. So the industry is faced with an ever more pressing question. Is this the new abnormal? If the traveler's confident that they are going to have a minimal risk of contracting COVID-19 when they go to the airport and when they get on board a plane, that's mm. really when we are going to see a rebound in the overall market. Airlines are pushing new safety measures, disinfecting assiduously, filtering the air every few minutes. Carriers like Southwest, JetBlue, and Delta are restricting capacity. And some passengers are flying worry-free, like Timothy Strack. I have flown approximately, I believe, nine legs, and uh, I have not contracted COVID. I've tested negative consistently, and I will do it again soon. But many more former travelers are staying put. It would probably be a while before I truly felt safe, and that's just a product of the career I'm in and the things I've seen. Nurse Holly Stetler, who's treated COVID patients, was disturbed that her partner's recent flight was fully booked, American and United Airlines opting to maximize sales on the planes they are flying. The pilot made an announcement that said, um, we have a really full full flight today, so if you have trouble finding overhead bin space, let us know, which, in my opinion, during a pandemic, there should not be any flight that's flying that is so full that you cannot find overhead bin space. And then there are the non-mask wearers during this politicized pandemic. For all the people on the plane that may want to get off because they don't feel safe, they can get the heck off. I'm staying right here. <laughs>
Some are belligerent, says Sarah Nelson of the Flight Attendants Union, who told us about one of her members. The passenger hit her, assaulted her. For enforcing the mask policy. Yes, the passenger became violent against the flight attendant and hit her and hurt her, and she is uh, recovering from that now. Nelson says the federal government needs to impose rules and penalties to force compliance. There's not clear communication about how to wear those masks, that it's necessary to wear the masks, and that there's consequences if you don't. Leaving the policing to the airlines themselves. Despite the fact that over a thousand flight attendants have been infected and at least 11 have died. There is a picture of a man right behind me. His name is Paul Frischkorn and he was the first flight attendant to die. He was a friend of mine and uh, he stays here uh, with me while I do this work on safety and on protecting our jobs. Jobs. Thousands of workers have already taken buyouts with the airlines warning that more jobs, tens of thousands, could be cut once $25 billion in CARES Act aid runs out in October. To just think about not being able to fly again is devastating. Yolanda Hughes is a flight attendant for United Airlines. She's kept her job in health care for now, but has no guarantee of hours or pay. We don't have enough people traveling to support the personnel that we do have. So we are begging the administration we are begging our representatives and our congressmen to please help us. The airlines, which lost $17 billion in the first half of the year, is asking for another $25 billion in federal aid. Pandemic relief talks have stalled in Congress, but the president says he will support the industry. I think it's very likely that we will see at least one notable bankruptcy among the U.S. airlines. And it's not just because travelers are afraid to fly. Many now realize they don't have to. Ben Baldanza isn't afraid, but he says there is some business travel that is not going to come back because they they will have gotten so comfortable with the way we're talking right now. Exactly. And how, and how productive they can be. Yes. Um, that they're just going to say, I don't need that expense. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm really sorry. If I were there in person, would you be more comfortable than you are right now? You know, there were, there's just more complications about it. I mean, I coughed twice in this call, and that didn't make you nervous. If we had been live, that might have made you nervous. And yet another problem. Airlines are alienating customers with their reluctance to refund. Sign language interpreter Betty Kalanomos has been trying to get her money back since March. This has almost become a 20-hour-a-week job uh, chasing after these refunds because the phone calls, the emails, the waiting... But she'd purchased flight insurance. The response to her claim? Oh, well, uh, we categorize corona uh, virus to be something under the certain category, and we don't cover that, and blah, blah, blah. So I said, great. I got insurance in case something happens. And guess what? Something happened. But they're not owning it. So here I am. <laughs> Are you flying again? No. I am not flying, and I have no intention of flying. And so the big question, when will enough folks take to the skies once again? Right now, 52% of travelers say they're uncomfortable flying, like Professor Andrew Kaplan and his wife, psychotherapist Ruth Wyatt. They'd plan to go, she says. On a snorkeling trip in Indonesia about a month before COVID hit, but I don't want to get on an airplane. I don't really want to travel. How many years before you actually take that trip to Indonesia, do you suppose? Um, three? Something Five. Like <laughs> Anybody give me six here? <laughs>
Professors Heidi and Richard Brooks both had COVID in the spring. He was hospitalized. My antibodies are still robust, and I feel, because of the antibodies, a little bit more comfortable traveling than I imagine most people. Wife Heidi had a milder case. It is a risk, uh, but we can't you know, necessarily lock ourselves into never being in another country again. But even the Brooks travel plans are on hold till 2022, and the airlines don't expect a rebound until 2024. For the PBS NewsHour, Paul Salman, not flying anywhere.